Henry Kissinger observed, For any student of history, change is the law of life. Any attempt to contain it guarantees an explosion down the road. The more rigid the adherence to the status quo, the more violent the ultimate outcome will be. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. If you desire to learn to be a better leader, this podcast is for you. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use right away. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to this podcast on Resistance is Futile. It's amazing how many people try to resist our leadership. In fact, I like to say leaders make things happen and people try to stop us. How often is that the case? Uh, I remember the book uh, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson where he said, a change imposed is a change opposed. And that's what this show is about this week. I don't know if you're experiencing any resistance to your ideas. Maybe the resistance is coming from the people you work with, maybe from your family. You know, maybe the resistance is coming from yourself. Sometimes we fight our own uh, lack of inertia, but resistance is futile. Sooner or later, things have to change. I'd like to give you a quote, what I call the quote of the show this time, and it's from one of my favorite books on vision and visionary leadership. It's not a new book. It's been around a long time. Have you ever noticed some of the books that have been around a long time are a lot better than the new stuff? Now that everybody can self-publish, everybody's writing books, and that's great. (laughs) Hey, I'm an author. I've got my eighth book coming out early in 2015, so I don't want to complain. But this is one of those books that last and endure the test of time. The name of the book is called Visionary Leadership by Bennis and Nanus. What a great book. And here's what they say. Visionary leaders disrupt the status quo, challenge the gospel, and disequilibriate the system in the interest of affecting change that ultimately benefits us all. Uh, and that's the rub. Why do we bring about change? Why do we lead change? Because ultimately it will benefit everybody. But the problem is people don't like change. Just this week I was talking to somebody in a big church that's all distraught about the changes that are being brought about by the new pastor. And uh, you just see this happen all the time, whether it's a new CEO, a new boss, a new pastor, everybody gets nervous. And, you know, invariably people start changing things. It is the prerogative of a new supervisor, boss, manager. Sometimes they do it right. Sometimes they do it wrong. Sometimes they get obsessed about changing for the sake of change, but there are really important reasons to change. On April 10, 1899, Theodore Roosevelt gave a famous speech before the Hamilton Club in Chicago. He was obsessed with a passion to fight mediocrity. And here's what he said, quote, Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much, because they live in the gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. If there's one place 
I don't want to live. It's in that gray twilight. I serve on the board of trustees of Columbia International University. What a great school. I've been on the board there. I am a graduate. I met my wife, Donna, there. It's a great school. I've been serving on the board of trustees there for over 20 years, and we have a great board member there by the name of Marvin, who owns a number of Burger King franchises in Georgia. And I had just have loved getting to know Marvin. He's in his 70s now, and I'm just amazed at how much I still learn from him, even though he's turned over the operation of his company to his children and he's no longer involved in the day-to-day operation. He is truly a man of wisdom. I remember one time I was talking to him about why companies go out of business, and he is an expert. He has so much in the game in terms of business down in the Southeast, and he said there are four basic reasons. Number one, unmotivated workforce. Number two, out of touch with the marketplace. Number three, not pushing innovation. And number four, losing sight of the bottom line, profit, loss, and accountability. Isn't it interesting that two of those four points have to do with change? Change is about survival. It's not window dressing. Let me read you that list again. An unmotivated workforce. That kind of touches back on the previous podcast where I was talking about the three signs of a miserable job. But number one, an unmotivated workforce. Number two, out of touch with the marketplace. Number three, not pushing innovation. And number four, losing sight of the bottom line. Profit, loss, and accountability. Well, what I'd like to do today in this podcast is give you what I call my 21 irrefutable reasons why we need to change, why we absolutely have to change. And I'm going to rattle through this list kind of quickly, but it's really important to understand how many things are driving us toward change. Number one, globalization of the marketplace. The world has moved to our doorstep. With the uh, advent of the internet uh, and the ease of global shipments, your competition is only eight seconds away. I see this so much everywhere. Don't you see this? The globalization of the marketplace. If you're in ministry, it really touches you. My wife and I, oftentimes, we will live stream our church service when uh, we're out of town or we're not able to get to our church, and it's just like being there. And the good news is I can live stream the church service. The bad news is the competition is fierce because everybody can live stream anybody they want. And so globalization is a game changer. You used to have to move to America to become successful, uh, but today you just need to have a fast internet connection. If you've ever read the the book, The World is Flat by Friedman, that's a must read on this whole topic. Number two, the changing nature of our constituency. People have changed dramatically in recent years. The people you serve have changed. Whether they're graying, whether they're young, whether they're ethnic, whether they're immigrants, the people we serve changes dramatically. Number three, the changing nature of our customers. Now, this is a little different than constituents because constituents, if you're especially if you're in a nonprofit, can go all the way out there to your donor base, to your listeners, to your congregants. But if you're in business, it's the changing nature of customers. And customers' tastes change dramatically. A few months ago, I did a podcast on some of the um, antique collections of hardware that I have in my basement, like Oh, my old PDA, my old Palm Pilot, and my old cell phones, and, and a lot of technology that is obsolete. When it comes to technology, it's dramatic how people's tastes change. Uh, whether you're in business, 
that provides goods or services or in the nonprofit sector, the people that use your services or whatever you're offering are really different today. The changing nature of the workforce, number four. Now, this is the people that work in your organization, work in your business, that work in the cubicle next to you. I had the delight this week to be down in Oceanside, California, uh, visiting actually one of my listeners. Hey, Mark, a shout out to you. I just want to thank you. You told me when I saw you this week, you've listened to every single one of my podcasts. And man, I appreciate that. I had a chance to share with the staff there a lesson on leadership. I got home and Donna said, what was it, what was it like uh, to be there? And uh, my other buddy who's I've known my whole life since seminary was Scott. Scott, you were there too. And it was a great joy to be with you. But Donna said, what was it like? I said, I love the diversity of that team. There were, uh, she said, were they all, <laughs> she said, were they all a bunch of old, a bunch of old white guys? I said, not at all. It was young. It was colorful. There were several Brazilians, several Hispanics, several folks, uh, some Asians and, uh, young people, older people, not many gray hairs. And I just thought that organization, that ministry is on the right track because of the changing nature of our workforce. And as these people come into your organization, your company, your business, your ministry, your church, you have to change with them or they're not going to enjoy being with you. And they're not going to want to stay. There's something about that ministry that I visited on Monday down in Oceanside that is attracting today's workforce and they are thriving they're growing they're just three months into a new office because they're growing so dramatically hey guess what they're doing a lot right and they are changing number five the powerful new role of women in leadership and in the marketplace Women of influence are bringing dramatic and needed changes to uh, the former men's clubs of corporate and private America. And you know, I had that podcast, several podcasts back, uh, a two-part interview by with Catherine Lee of The Ultimate Source. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to that because we talk specifically about women in leadership. It's a powerful new role and I think it's a needed role and their influence and their perspective is so important. If you have a meeting and you're making major decisions for the future of your enterprise and there are no women involved in these decisions, then you're only going to have one perspective and you're going to miss a lot of great insight that women bring to the table. Number six, demographics. Your community and social surroundings have changed dramatically. Neighborhoods grow and die. Sections of a community thrive and then they wither up. You know, we all know about demographics. I'm just amazed when I go back to my hometown of Huntsville, Alabama, and I I drive around town and I, I remember growing up as a kid, the places in town that had the biggest malls and shopping centers and, and then they went out of business and the whole momentum of shopping and, and hanging out moved to another part of town and then as the years went by, it changed again. The changing demographics of your community, of your neighborhood, of who you're trying to reach and where you're trying to reach. Number seven, changing markets. 
Aside from globalization issues, the very nature of doing your kind of work has changed in our culture, and you must make the necessary adjustments just to survive, because sometimes we offer things to people they no longer are interested in getting. <laughs> When's the last time you saw a payphone? I was actually in an airport not long ago and I saw a payphone uh, on the wall as I was walking by and I just had to stop and I looked at it and I'm like, wow, what is that doing there? And who would use that? Because everybody's got a cell phone. The marketplace, the markets obviously have changed dramatically. Nobody's using payphones anymore because everybody's buying smartphones and the world and the marketplace has moved to smartphones. Number eight, lack of organizational vision. Are you suffering from organizational anemia? What's your vision? When organizations lack passion about the future, then they become stagnant very quickly and they begin to drift. If we were to ask you, what is your vision or ask the leadership of your company, what is the vision for the future? Is there a compelling vision? You know, it's so easy to move from passion to policy, uh, from an apostolic passion to lead to just a mechanistic bureaucracy. I know somebody who, uh, another person that I confide in who's working in a company and it's a family owned company. And he was telling me the other day that the, uh, the ownership is getting old and tired and have, have lost vision for the future. And they've built a good enough company to live comfortably. And so they're resting on their past accomplishments and their past earnings. And there is a lack of vision for the future. And guess what? If you're working in that kind of a place, it becomes very demotivating. Number nine, organizational effectiveness. Are you no longer effective in the service that you try to accomplish? When organizations are attracting fewer and fewer people or flat out failing, they should recognize the need for change. You're no longer offering what people are looking for. Number 10, the graying of your group. Are most of the people in your group group gray hair. Now, I've already touched on this a little bit about the changing nature of the workforce, but if you're a senior center, it's great if everybody's gray haired, but if you're trying to meet mainstream needs in our culture and in your community, you cannot just be an army of gray hairs because the young generations have arrived. I'm involved in one particular movement here in the U.S., and I go to these annual meetings, and I'm actually not going to go this year because one of the things that disappointments in this particular association is that everybody there is graying and it's really a baby boomer entity and the the new upstarts are not joining this association and i say god bless that association because it had a period in history where it was important and it it made a great contribution but somehow it's missing the mark of capturing the heart of the next generation and attracting as a magnet the next generation. So if your group is mostly gray, it's a problem unless you're a senior center. You're listening to the Leadership Answer Man with Hans Finzel, and I'm about halfway through a list here of 21 irrefutable reasons why you need to embrace change. One of the great books that I use when I teach on leadership is a book that's been around for a long time. It's called The Leadership Challenge by Kuzes and Posner. You've probably heard of the book. It's been around for a long time. Here's what they say about change. Leaders are pioneers. They are people who venture into unexplored territory. They guide us to new and often unfamiliar destinations. 
People who take the lead are the foot soldiers in the campaigns for change. The unique reason for having leaders, their differentiating function, is to move us forward. Leaders get us going someplace. And leaders have to lead in the campaigns of change. So let's continue the list of 21 reasons why you must embrace change. Number 11, changing cultural values. Many are talking today about the mega shift of modern to postmodern thinking in our Western culture. This is so true in all over Europe, a lot of Asia, and in, um, of course, North America. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a murky topic, changing values, because I don't believe in just accommodating to everybody's values and sinking to the lowest common denominator. But we do have to understand the changing cultural values of people that we are working with, the people we're trying to reach, the people we're trying to service, the people we're trying to get as customers. You have to study people's values, uh, where they're at in terms of their their time. That's a great issue today of how people use their time. It's so different than it used to be. I know young people today, for example, value time off more than making more money. And that's a difference in value as it relates to what I exchange my the hours of my work for. Yes, I need to get paid, but I also want to get some free time. So the value of time, the value of money, the value of children, people's values and how they want to educate their children, changing cultural values. Number 13, patterns of repeated failure. Leaders who are seeing one failure after another need to change things. You know, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. And a pattern of repeated failure is one of the greatest reasons why things have to change. Sometimes programs have to change and sometimes people have to change. Sometimes there needs to be a change in leadership. I was speaking to a group of leaders just a few weeks ago, actually sharing with them the topic of how to know when it's time to go. And I said, if there is too much broken trust and too much broken glass in your leadership, you probably should go on because you can't repair broken trust and you can't put that broken glass back together. Patterns of repeated failure. Again, sometimes it's the programs that have to change. Sometimes it's the people that have to change. Maybe it's the leader. Maybe it's just uh, the followers. As I mentioned to you, I have a secret offer for you, a special offer from my loyal listeners. And if you've gotten this far in the podcast, I hope you'll go to hansfinzel.com slash free book. This is a private website. I'm not publicizing it. And I'm offering a free autographed copy of my book, Changes Like a Slinky, mailed to you with my autograph if you'll fill out this form. And uh, it's just available for the first 25 people who respond. Now, what I'm after is trying to understand you, my listeners, who who is listening to the podcast, who I can help and how I can help you. So you'll have to fill out your name, address, email, etc. And I need your occupation because I'm trying to get that list of all the different kinds of people that are listening. And then at the very bottom of the form, you'll see leadership pain point. Please give me just one of your leadership pain points. That would really be a help. I want to scratch people where they itch. I really want to help you in your leadership. So if you'll go to hansfenzel.com slash free book, the first 25 people who respond will get a free autographed copy of this book from me. Thanks so much. Number 14, 
chronic plateau. Nothing much exciting is happening in your group. Just more of the same, just like last year. A plateau. Now, you know what plateaus are? Plateaus are boring. And if it's the same old, same old, and nothing exciting is happening, you know, you're probably on a downward trend. Because I happen to believe any organization is either growing or it's dying. It's very hard to just maintain the status quo and to maintain a plateau for a long time. So if you're plateaued, definitely a reason to change things up. Number 15, a decline in impact. The organization seems to have lost its punch. Along with internal failure and drift, there's an obvious lack of visible, viable results. How many times have we seen this with an organization, a company, a business, a nonprofit, a church that had its heyday and it was so powerful and it had such massive impact? Those were the good old days and people long to go back to those good old days. And in churches, sometimes people will say, oh, if we could just get a, another pastor like Pastor Bob that we used to have, then we could do the things we used to do that made us so successful. Well, guess what? You can't go back. You can't go back to the good old days. And the good old days weren't as great as we think they were. But if you have a decline of impact and you're down in a gully and you're no longer on that mountaintop, you're no longer in the middle of the game, you're no longer the number one name that people go to when they're looking for this or that, you're no longer the, the school that people want to attend, you're no longer the business people want to buy from, you're no longer the church that people go to, well, it's time for change. Number 16, high attrition levels. When people are leaving an organization in large numbers, change is probably in order. If you're seeing a huge exodus and a big back door, it's usually a sign that people are no longer attracted to join your business, your company, your group, or to buy from you or to get things from you or to listen to you. When your back door is a lot bigger than your front door, it's time for change. Number 17, confusion about lines of responsibility and authority. Organizational chaos has appeared in your group. No one seems to know who's actually responsible for what. So there's considerable wasted effort, confusion, wasted money, and the poor use of all of our resources. This kind of confusion really needs to be clarified. If you go back to my friend, uh, the Burger King, Czar Marvin, he said that that's one of the reasons businesses fail, lack of attention to the bottom line. Businesses can't afford to have that kind of confusion very long, but I see in the nonprofit world and in the ministry church world, people can get, can get away with it for a long time. Because our product and our bottom line has changed lives and doing good and not necessarily dollars. Number 18, low morale. When people are discouraged about being members of the staff, changes are often needed. The company should be, a, or the ministry should be a place that's fun and challenging to work. One sign of low morale is when the faithful insiders hang on out of sheer loyalty instead of heartfelt passion. Low morale is just a cancer, and you have to address it with change. Whatever it takes, you need to listen to the troops, find out why the morale is so low, and then do something to change it. Number 19, ongoing financial failure. How's the bottom line? Change occurs at some companies and some ministries when they finish every year in the red and they're not growing in their revenue and they're not moving toward the black up and to the right with their growth 
trajectory. There's nothing like financial failure to be a wake-up call. Number 20, the stirrings of God to do a new thing. Now, this is a spiritual piece. Is God asking you to change? If you're a spiritual person, then serious prayer often brings the stirrings of God for something fresh. This morning, my wife Donna and I were on a walk, and and God is doing a fresh new thing in her heart, and she was just pouring it out to me on this walk. And it's hard to put put it in words, and it's, it's hard to put it on paper. Although she's doing a lot of journaling, but I just uh, she is just changing dramatically right now in what's going on in her life, and I have to say that God is stirring her to do a new thing. And sometimes God stirs whole churches or organizations or businesses or ministry uh, just to, to mix things up. And, to, and so I would encourage you to listen to the stirrings of God and to the whisper of God. And, and if, if you have a lot of these failures that I've listed in this list, then the number one thing you should do is go to God as a group and say, God, what are we doing wrong? And what do you want us to change Remember, as I've said often, God is the ultimate change agent. Ask him for guidance and direction. And finally, number 21, a growing sense of urgency. Is there a restlessness within your whole group? At times, you may develop a sense of urgency to rekindle the, the first love and the first the former priorities and, and whatever it was that got you going at the beginning years ago. A sense of growing urgency that things need to change. Well, I'm a big believer in change. I think Henry Kissinger was right. For any student of history, change is the law of life. And I hope you will uh, consider these 21 points, and I'd love to hear from you. Which of the 21 points did you like the most? Which one did you relate to the most? And which one, perhaps, was a wake-up call for you? Write me at hansfinzel.com. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.